Yeah, I did actually. So yeah, so we'll jump in. Taught me all of my skills. Tough. The... I was thinking the, the topic that I wanted to talk about actually is a little bit nogea to the introduction of the Pasha when it talks about the different circumstances involving the Jewish people going out to war. There are a few circumstances that are discussed in the context of going out to war. And it's, it's, it's incumbent on the, on the... One of the practices that are done before the Jewish people go out to war is to, is to, is to, is to blow the shofar. We're going to read this in the coming in the coming weeks in the Shabbos Shuva, right? Tiku Shofar B'Tzion, right? To right to, to announce that there is some impending event that's very very important that needs to be announced, and that event is announced with a shofar, right? That everyone stops whatever they're doing, even if people are in the middle of a wedding, everyone stops what they're doing and they have to go pay attention to this very important thing that's going on. The the Rambam in Huchus Tshuva famously says, Even though the blowing of the shofar is a mitzvah that is, that is commanded by decree, there is an illusion in this mitzvah, that the people that are sleeping should, should, should wake up. And the theme of the shofar, the, central, the most fundamental theme of the shofar being that the shofar is supposed to trigger someone from being in one state of consciousness to a more alert state of consciousness. Whereas before they were sleeping, they need to wake up. Right? And we even say this in our, in our idioms, when you describe a person isn't actually sleeping, but when you say to someone, wake up, wake up, it means that they're not aware of what's going on. They're to one extent or another not aware. Right? So the shofar is supposed to make someone aware, right? Even you say, Aware and awake are the same, it's the same. What is this theme of, 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 of the need to wake up with the, with the, with the Tkiyas Shofar? We find that the experience of, of prophecy is referred to as an experience of waking up. In the Novi and Zachariah, in the beginning of Perak Dalad, Vayashav Hamalach Adover Bi, the angel that was speaking to me, came and returned, Vayayireni, and he woke me up, Kiish Asher Yeor Mishinaso, Mishinaso, like a man who wakes up from his sleep. Similarly, in the Gemara in Sachim by by uh, by Devora Hanavia, by Devora Hanavia, she's in the middle of her famous Shiras Devora recounting the events of the Mulchama that just transpired between, between Canaan and the Jewish people. And she gets to a point where she rebukes some of the Jewish people that did not come to participate in the war. And immediately after that section, so the Pasuk says the following in Shoftim Parakei, Uri Uri Devora Uri Uri Dabri Shir, Awaken Devora and sing your song. Says the Gemara, Kol Odom Shakoes, anyone who experiences anger, if he is a wise man, his wisdom is removed from him. And if he's a prophet, his prophecy is removed. Right? How do we know that a person's prophecy is removed from if a person gets angry and acts on his anger? We know this from Devorah. Devorah expressed her outrage in the section of the Jewish people that did not come to participate in the war. And she rebukes them and chastises them in a harsh way, and her prophecy leaves her because of this. 
And in an attempt to retrieve her prophecy, she prays, Uri, Uri, I should wake up again. I should wake up and sing the song that I was in the middle of singing. Thank you. I'm sorry, we need to make room in the pile. The, again, the idea that's being highlighted to us is that there's some, that there's some state of being that we're trying to, we're trying to tra transport ourselves from one place of awareness to another place of awareness. The, the Navua in its, in its technical sense is, is not, is not only something that is, uh, it's not only something that's, that, that is shy to someone who has the, the classical definition of a navi, of a navi be Israel. Rather, there are more, there are more accessible forms of navua that even regular people who are not, have, perhaps haven't yet been merited to the classical forms of navua. This is still relevant to the Rambam in Mor uh, Nevuchim, in Chelak Beis in Perak Memhei. The Rambam says the following: Right, Esar Malos Nevua. There are right, the ten, the ten levels, the ten stages of prophecy. Hamala Harishona. Tchilas Malos Nevua. The first entry level stage of prophecy. She loves Haadam Ezer Eloki. When a person is accompanied by a divine assistance, Yaoruruhu, that wakes him up. Vizarzula Sos Tova Gedola and gives him zealotry and alacrity to do some tremendous act of goodness, balas erech, of tremendous value. Like saving the like saving a group of a group of uh, innocent people or or good people, righteous people from a group of wicked people, or to assist a great man, or to do a great good for many people. The disconnect between where a person finds himself and where a person could be is often chasmic. It's, it's a, the, the gap is incredible. A person literally right, is literally the, the the difference between being unconscious and being and and, right, and being conscious. Right? We find this is very very This is a very interesting thing to to highlight. In addition to the neviim being called people that wake up, the neviim are also called people that are insane, meshugayim. Right? You see by Shaul HaMelech that Shaul, when he is anointed to be king, he has that episode where he goes a little crazy, he has like a, almost like a fit or like a seizure, and he takes off his clothes and he's like rolling around, and they say, oh, it must be that Shaul is also a Navi now, right? Because clearly he's exhibiting these, right? In, uh, in Sefer Malachim, one of the few, uh, one of the, one, uh, perhaps the only uh, Melech of the Northern Kingdom that had, that had uh, at, least a, at least an initial stage of righteousness was Yehu. Right, Yehu, he at least started off his career uh, um, being Mavar um, um, Avodazara from the Jewish people. And there is a Navi that is sent to anoint, uh, to anoint Yehu as the king. Because I'll say that this Navi was, uh, in fact, Yonah. Anyway, so this Navi comes, into Yehu, it comes to Yehu and he gives him a message from Hashem that what he's supposed to do. And he anoints him discreetly and then leaves. V'yehu yotza el avde adunav. I'm reading from Malachim Bey's Perektes. Um, so the so Yehu come, walks out of his tent and he meets his uh, he meets the he meets his 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 colleagues, Vayomer lo hashalom, and they say to him, peace unto you. Right? Why did that crazy person come to you today? What, what was he doing? The idea being again, also you should. It's also al pi halacha. The definition of a shota al pi halacha. 
is someone that, is, that acts in a way that demonstrates that he is not aware of his surroundings. The Gemara and Chagiga, some people might have learned it here. Daf Yud Gimel, or excuse me, Daf Gimel, not Yud Gimel. That Ashota is someone who walks in the base of Kvaros at night, alone at night, right? Or it does other things. Halacha and Choshen Mishpat in Simon Lamed Vav talks about the acts of Ashota, that a person, he acts in a way that is self-damaging. That he puts himself into position, into situations that any person who was aware of his surroundings wouldn't do that. Right? That's the definition of a shota. The idea of a navi being a mishuga, someone that looks outside at a navi. Right? To him, that person is a mishuga. He's he's crazy. He's insane because he's detached from reality. Right? Now it's true that al ms It's the opposite. Right? We're we're all crazy. Right? And everyone else is crazy. And the navi is the only one that has a glimpse into sanity. But from everyone outside looking in, it looks like the Navi is detached. He's unhinged. The goal of the shofar is to get us to this, is to go, the goal of the shofar is to get us to this place. The place where a person is, as the Rambam says, the place where it's, the, the relationship between being in that, in that place after the shofar and before the shofar is, 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 is the same as someone who is sleeping and then wakes up. And as the Rambam says, he's made aware of kochos that were previously unavailable to him. He's made aware of kochos that are previously unavailable to him. That's the waking up element. Before I was sleeping and now I'm awake. We even say in our, in our own lexicon that when something is inactive, when, something, when there's a trait, a quality that is inactive, what is it called? It's called dormant. Dormant means it's sleeping. That's what it means. It means it's asleep, like a dormitory, right? What are you doing? You sleep in a dormitory, right? Someone heard dormitory. Right? Wait, is that really what it comes from? Yes, dormant. Wow. A dormitory is where you sleep, and dormant means it's sleeping. The thing is, right? This trait is sleeping, right? But but if but if we get to a place where we trigger, where we trigger those 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 things that are that are not expressing themselves, and they can then they can literally wake up. They can literally wake up and. Dabri Shir, they can sing their they can sing their song literally and metaphorically. But in addition to becoming more aware of just the these qualities themselves, there's another there's another step beyond this. It's not just becoming aware of the things themselves. And the people who have who have been in this Khabura more than one year know that I've spoken about this idea in the past. So I, I wanted to add another element to this, which I think is important. That's where you'll see in a moment how apropos your story was. The sefer known as uh, as the sefer Yetzira, Chazal say that the the sefer has its roots in Avram Avinu. That certainly not the text that we have today was not written by the hand of Avram Avinu, but certainly the seminal material perhaps came from him. Went over various variations. It most likely the Rabbi Akiva uh, in his time did work on this on this text. <clears throat> Point is, Sefer Yitzira is recognized by all the Gedolei Arishonim as a very important Sefer. The Bahag wrote, not the Dahag, but the Bahag wrote a wrote a, wrote a parish on this. Is that why his story uh, fit? Because we were about to quote no, the Bahag. No, 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 there's a different reason. Excuse me, not the Bahag. That totally was not appropriate. It was Rav Sadia Gon. Rav Sadia Gon. Rav Sadia, Rasag, Bahag, it's all. Rasag, the Rasag, the Rasag writes a, wrote a parish on this Sefer, calling it a Sefer Kadum Me'od, so... If in the Bahag, if, if in if in Rav Sadia's time it's a Sefer Kadum, Kavu Chomer for us is a Sefer Kadum. The Sefer Yitzir is broken into Mishnayos. It's broken into Mishnayos, and one of the purpose, one of the big themes in Sefer Yitzira is how the months of the year.
parallel different themes that go on during these months. That the 12 months of the year parallel the 12 Shvatim. They parallel the 12 permutations of the divine name, right? Because a name of four letters has, tw- if, and two of those letters are the same, have 12 permutations, right? They also parallel the six, os- the six osios, right? The math is exponentialized mo- divided by two because yeah, it's two. Yeah, saying the math of the 12 yeah. permutations, sorry. Yeah. You know, figure that out. The person who figured out that math was, uh, was the Ibn Ezra. To this day, when you when you teach that equation, then that equation is taught. It's quoted in the name of the Ibn Ezra. To know how What's many per- equation? the equation of how many when you have a series of of, uh, of items, and to know how many permutations of order there could be, you multiply it by however by however many slots there are, yeah. right? Factorially, but then how do you figure out? But let's say two of the series are the same, like it's one five six five. It's not right. It's one. It's not one, two, three, four, five. It's one, 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 two, three, three. Right. So there's two threes. So how do you figure out how many permutations there are? So you do the factorial equation. Right. You multiply it, and then you divide it by the number of the items that are the same. That's that's how you do it. Anyway, a little bit of math inserted into the into the. Anyway, Vaiter. The themes. The themes of the month. And each month says each month says the Sefer Yitzira. Each month has a theme. Each month has a theme that it's trying to trying to give over. And there are layers of the themes and how those different aspects interact with each other all produce uh, a certain a certain message. But let's stick with one particular facet of the month of Elul. Each Shevet has a month that it is paired with. And the month of Elul is paired with the Shevet of God. Why is that? Because the Seder, at least according to the Arizal and the Gra, the Seder of the months go according to the Degalim of the Midbar. Right? The Degalim, right? The first Degel was the Degel of Yehuda, and he had uh, Degel Machane Yehuda, right? Had three Shvatim, and then the three Shvatim of Degel Machane Ruvain is Ruvain, Shimon, and God. So the sixth month, which is Elul, is God. What is the theme of God? What is God coming to teach us? By the Bracha of God, it says something incredible by the bracha of God, right? Vayareshis lo that God that God saw His portion in 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 Eretz Yisrael. God, as we know, was one of the shvatim that settled in the Ever Layardin. God saw His portion. Vayareshis lo kisham chelkas mechokek safum because the lawgiver is buried there. Moshe Rabbeinu is buried in the chelak of God. God wanted His chelak to be there in this place because Moshe Rabbeinu was to be buried there. It's very interesting because Lechora, B'nai God and B'nai Ruben ask for their chalak in the Ne'ever Layardain before Moshe dies. It's not, right? They have the whole interaction with Moshe as is known, right? So, what, what, but God desires this place for, he, because he wants to be by Moshe Rabbeinu in some extent. Okay? Put, st- start, start, start being open now. If you weren't, if you weren't, if you weren't, uh, if you weren't awake now, it's a good time to, to tune in. The, Gema- the Medrash Rabbah. No, first. They, the, by the bracha of God, right, God were known as tremendous Gibor Echayel. They were known as tremendous warriors. And it's Matim that God is on the border of Eretz Yisrael, right, to the east. Because anyone that would approach Eretz Yisrael would have to go through the section of God first, right? God Gedud Yigudenu. Right, God were, were, were tremendous warriors and they, right, they formed the, the elite battalions of the Jewish people. The Torah Zeroah Afkad Kod, in a single 
strike, they would rip off the arm and the skull in one blow. Taraf Zeroa Afkad Kod. Says the Rosh in Hilchos Tfilin. The Rosh does not have a parish on the Sechas Menachos, but he has a small section that has to do with Hilchos Tfilin, Hilchos Tzitzis as well. That's the Ki'ilu the Rosh on the Sechas Menachos. Says the Rosh in Hilchos, Hilchos Tfilin in Simon Tesvav. Sach Bein Tfilo Tfila Averahi. A person who speaks between, who makes an interruption between the Tfilah Shal Yad and the Tfilah Shal Rosh, it is considered a sin. He is not able to take part in a war because of this sin. Why not? Because it is very important that when someone puts on, to that in order for someone to be roy, to go out to war, he does this mitzvah properly. He does the tefillin and the, he does the tefillin mitzvah properly. As it says, v'toraf zeroa afkad kod. Because the anshei milchama would, 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 would strike the enemy, right, in the arm and in the head. And how does this koach come about? By needing mekayim, the mitzvah of tefillin in the zeroa and the kod kod. If a person does not have that, then they are not able to take part in the in the Milchama. Right? There is a quality of God that he is Mekayim this this mitzvah of not of of of, of being Mechaber, the Kadkod and the Zroa, the mitzvah of, of the head and the mitzvah of the arm. He doesn't make a separation between those two things. Right? When he strikes, it's the it's the it's the strike of the Zeroah and the Kadkod together. Right? The the theme that's being communicated of not of not be not making a separation between the tefillah shal rosh and the tefillah shal yad is embodied by God. What is this theme of the taraf zeroa afkad kod? Gracious Rabbah. God gedud yigudenu. Bo God osya gada devesa osya gada de alma. Misha otid legadeid mashtitan shal ovde kochavim. The one who will come to cut uh, cut out the root of Idolatry from the world will emanate from God, from the Shevet of God. Umanu Eliyahu. Eliyahu Anavi will come, emanate from the Shevet of God. Is and he... Huh? Eliyahu is a Kohen. Oh, so this is, this is... I say this in parentheses now. Huh? Well, I mean, Gilad is another person. It's not God. Correct, correct, correct. Yes, this is true. So I'm saying this in parentheses because Moshe asked about isn't isn't Elio a Kohen? So it says in the Gemara in Baba Metziah that Elio and Navi is a Kohen. Okay, fine. So he's a Kohen. Pinchas. Huh? Also says he's Pinchas. Okay, right. So that only strengthens the question that he's a Kohen, right? No, right. So he's a Kohen. Okay, but the fact that he that right, he lives in the area of the Shevet of God, Elio Atishbi Haba Migil Ad, as the as the as the pasuk in Malachim says, right? So when we say that Elio Navi comes from Gil, comes from God. It's not necessarily saying that he's the she- that he's from Shevet God necessarily. Rather, he comes from God. But there's something about the koach of Elio Anavi that Elio Anavi emanates from God. Right? The Gemara says many times. We don't need to quote the Gemara inside. That's why I put down the Gemara in Menachos. There are many times. Right? The purpose of Elio Anavi that when Elio Anavi comes, when he when he emerges to to announce the forthcoming of Mashiach. Right? The purpose of Elio Anavi is to reveal the parts of Torah to us that are not accessible right now. There are parts of Torah that are not accessible, right? As the Gemara in Menachem says, and a few other places is also similar to Lashon, right? Parshazu Otid Eliyahu Anavi Ladarsha. Eliyahu Anavi will come, right? And, and, and explain to us the meaning of this parsha. Rashi says over there, 
because until then, until then, it's not possible to understand this. Eliyahu Hanavi will have to give us the proper understanding of this. The purpose of Eliyahu Hanavi is to come and to reveal us things that we don't have access to. Right? In a way, it is to, as we said before, it is to wake us up to things that we are not aware of right now. Right? The purpose of Eliyahu Hanavi is to come and to trigger that and to bring it into our consciousness, to bring it into our awareness. Before that time, before Eliyahu Hanavi comes, before that koach is revealed in the world, before that power is revealed in the world, there are, Lord knows how many things there are that are lying dormant, that are lying asleep. Eliyahu Hanavi needs to come in order to wake us up to those things. The whole month of Elul. What happened during the month of Elul, right? The first, the first Elul that the Jewish people... The Elul of, 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 of the Midbar. The Elul of the Midbar was the 40 days in which Moshe Rabbeinu was on our Sinai receiving the Torah, receiving the Torah that we have, right? The Torah that was received on Shavuos, it's a Torah that we don't have access to because it was brought down and the Luchos were broken. The Torah that, the Torah that we have access to is the Torah that was given on Yom HaKippurim, right? The 40 days, the, right, the, sec the, 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 the second round that Moshe Rabbeinu had on our Sinai was all through the month of Elul, receiving, receiving the, full, the full embodiment of the Torah. And as the Gemara in Megillah says, right, that even what the right the 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 senior student generations later will be machadish in his learning was given at Har Sinai, meaning these things weren't yet developed yet. What Moshe came down with Har Sinai, he came down with the luchos. Maybe he came down with other mitzvot as well. The point is that the the richness of Torah that will develop over the years, over the generations of the Jewish people. All of that was contained at that very moment. It's like, the, it's like in the inception of the child, everything comes into being at the, at the moment of inception. Everything is there. At the moment of conception, everything is there. But it develops, it takes time to mold, and then the child is born, and he's just an infant. He's a completely helpless infant. And, but then he grows, and over the years, he becomes a fully mature human being. Right? So, so too, the Torah was given at one moment in time. But everything was given at that moment, one moment in time. Even though the full embodiment takes time, it takes time for these things to unfold and to be unpacked and to be awakened that we can actually be aware of them. It takes time. Eliyahu Hanavi will be the final, the final kick that we need in order to be able to be aware of these things, all the things that are at this moment asleep. The Taraf Zeroa Achkad Kod. Asach bein tefillin shalrosh letefillin shalyad. The person that speaks between the putting on the tefillin shalrosh <laughs> and the tefillin of the arm. The sod of this, Rabosai, is that there can't be a disconnect between what's going on in a person's consciousness, intellectually, and what he's doing, the ma'aseh, what a person is doing in action. The goal of the the chibur of the tefillin shalyad and tefillin shalosh, which are two separate mitzvahs, they are completely two separate mitzvahs, they're not ma'akev zeh zeh, Person only has tefillin shalyad. He puts on tefillin shalyad. A person only has shalrosh. Puts on shalrosh. As the Gemara in Zvachim says, the Kohanim only wore the tefillin shalrosh because they couldn't wear the tefillin shalyad. It was a hefsik. It was a chatzitza rather. Right? The big day kahuna had to be on their actual flesh. So if they wore tefillin shalyad, right, the the katonis wouldn't be touching their skin. Right? The Kohanim only wore tefillin shalrosh. Right? Huh? Oh. They wore it in a special way. Huh? Yeah. They wore it in a way that just the front of their head was exposed. What about the Gemara says? Huh? Oh, <laughs> good question. The Gemara says there was a, in between the tzitz and the kova, there was a there was a space for tefillin. Yeah, in between the tzitz and the in between the tzitz and the kova. So these are two separate mitzvahs. These mitzvahs are not are not are not mutually exclusive. They're certainly not bound together in a in a in a in a fundamental way, but they're bound in a way to the extent that 
they are meant that that that's the avoda. The avoda is to take these two separate, distinct mitzvahs and to bind them, to bind them in a way that that the things that we are expressing, that we are putting out into the world, are not disconnected from what from we from what we are conscious of, from what we are aware of. Right? The Torah Zeroah Afkad Code, which, which, which is also the Koach of Eliyahu Anavi, is to say, wake up to these things that you don't even know are there. Wake up to them. Be aware that they exist. But then once you, once you come to that consciousness, make sure that it flows out in an organic way. It doesn't stay in the head. It's embodied. It's brought about. It's brought about into expression. Right? And God, who was... He knew that he had to be in the chilek of Moshe Rabbeinu. He knew that he had to be, right? He intuited it. Maybe it wasn't even conscious that he, that he, that he had to be in the chilek of Moshe Rabbeinu. But he intuited that he had to be there, right? God comes and brings about this, brings about this message to not separate between the Zeroah and the Kodkod. And just to end off, or, uh, I almost forgot about you, Ezra. Eliyahu Anavi. We know that people, throughout the generations of Jewish people, people have merited to come across emanations of this koach in the world even now before Mashiach before before the advent of the of Mashiach which we should merit to see speedily in our days there have been people that have that have that have had the ability to 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 have glimpses into this to have glimpses into this koach that makes again that is ma'orer that awakens us to things that were there we didn't even know were are there All right so the maral in Netzach Yisrael in Perak Chavches. So he quotes a story from uh, Perak Chelek in which Rabbi Shua ben Levi has an interaction with, with, uh, with Rabbi Shua ben Yochai involving Eliyahu Anavi. Explains the Ma'aral, the idea, the concept of Gilo Eliyahu. The Ein Chiluk Beinim Haya Niglalo B'mara Okach Niglalo B'lo Mara It's not necessarily saying that these people saw Eliyahu Anavi visually. Ki pa'amim harbe haya Eliyahu Anavi magid varim le'echad a person, Eliyahu Hanavi, would communicate things to someone and the person would not know how he knows these things. He wouldn't know where the information came from. It would be, it, 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 he would experience it as if this, as if this information came to him, came to it from, from, from himself. But, but, but no, it wasn't that he came and intuited it. Didn't come from himself. He didn't think of it himself. Eliyahu Hanavi was the one that revealed it to him. The Chayin Muchach Tzas Masechas Sanhedrin has another story involving Eliyahu Hanavi. It says in the Gemara, in, in, excuse me, in Erevin, Gabi Hani Shmata Shenemru Midrasha. There were certain teachings of Torah that were said in the Beit Midrash one day. The Ka'amar, and after those divrei Torah were said over in the Beit Midrash. Okay, my love, the Amrin and Eliyahu. It must be that Eliyahu Hanavi told us these things after they already spoke it out. After they gave over these divrei Torah, it said it has to be that Eliyahu. Anavi inspired this. It has to be, right? Because these things are so, they're so, <laughs> they're so, they're so perfect. They're so insightful that it must be that it came from this koach, the koach of Eliyahu, right? this koach of, of of being megala, of being meorer, of, of making us aware, making us awake to the things that are literally wa- li- lying in wait and waiting for us to be to be aware of them. Bezrat Hashem, as Midrash says in Pirkei Derbi Eliezer. Chazal that the takana of Tekiyas Shofar, it calls it a takana, which is a big chiddush. The, the, the takana of Tekiyas Shofar during the month of Elul was just like the Jewish people 
strayed from the path during the first Matan Torah, right? That they that they strayed and they and they built themselves a a, a masecha, a separation between them and God. They built a a mask. That's what a masecha means, right? They built a mask between them and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In order to avoid that, says the Pirkei Rebbe Lazar, in order to avoid the, uh, a second instance of the Egel Azav, the Chazal were metakein, were metakein the Tkiyas Shofar during the month of Elul, right? To point us in the right direction during this time, to make sure that we are awake, to make sure that we're not sleeping, to make sure that we're seeking out the kochos that are there, that are lying underneath the surface and waiting for us to trigger them. Everyone should be zochah to this in their own way. Mishakach.